For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back. Believe in Rams, episode 163. It's, it's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a minute, but we are back and uh, we're here to basically talk about the the latest Rams news. Uh, we got some new segments that we drew up and, uh, you know, it should be fun. Cam, how the hell are you, my guy? I'm, I'm doing well. It's nice to do Believe in Rams. This is where we started, Jake. I know for some of the folks, hey, I haven't been recording in the past two to three weeks. It's off season. We want to give you all some quality stuff and we, we need a little rest, right? We need a little rest, Jake. So we're back. We're back on the horn. And I think between now and when the season starts, it might be a little bit where we're recording every two to three weeks. So be patient with us. We're going to give you some quality stuff, but we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Absolutely, Cam. And, you know, I think it's important because, you know, I, I have people that have asked me like, hey, is there any chance that you could be like another podcast and do everyday Rams content? And I'm like, no. And, and here, here's why. Here's why. First off, we kind of already do that with the NFL. So we already, you know, that we spent a lot of time focusing on that. Uh, but secondly, if you're focusing on just one team and you're doing it during the deadest part of the off season, like we're talking this, you know, mid May to like July is going to be absolutely dead as far as yeah. news. Um, and we're lucky the Rams made a couple moves to, to give us a little bit of a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, but yeah. It's one of those things, man, when people ask me, like, why don't you guys just go live every day? I'm like, you don't want Rams content every day. You, because mm-hmm. if you had Rams, if you had a Rams podcast every single day, you wouldn't watch it, us. It would be dry. It would yeah. be like, yeah, I remember in 2008 when it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, what else greatest, do you want us to talk greatest about? Greatest show on turf. Like, yeah. We can't talk about it, but people want to talk about what's going on now, right? Like, Kurt yeah. Warner and his his time, Marshall Falk, like it's great, but we want to talk about fresh stuff, new stuff. And like Jake said, we, we got some good stuff that, that happened these past couple of weeks and that we felt like, hey, let's build them up and let's share them when we talk about it. But yeah, we don't want we want we don't want stale content, my guy. No, 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 no stale content, evergreen content. I mean, things get go. stale over time, but not evergreen stuff. No, 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 no. And right. I mean, look, I, I'm of the belief that content that's put out there always has value because I think it's cool to go back and look at things like, you know, our take during just the worst part of this Sean McVay era. And we were that was when we first started. And we can go back and we can look at that and, you know, compare and contrast to what we do this year. And I think that's that's kind of special, you know, maybe take notes and uh, maybe we shouldn't have said that. Maybe that was being a little too negative. Maybe we we're playing too much into it. Maybe we were using uh, too much, uh, you know, copium and, you know, we were, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the cool thing. So I don't really buy the idea that all content becomes uh, stale. And I, you know, I think to those historical Rams fans, I think they'll like the the plan 
at the end of this, and the, the end of this is that um, we're going to throw in a featured Ram of the Day segment. I don't even know if Cam yeah. knew that, but I'm telling him now we're going to do it. We do it <laughs> over on – it's a little different. We do it on Off the Edge uh, birthday segment. So we say happy birthday to an NFL player, maybe not necessarily famous, but just, you know, kind of pick a player each day uh, that we do it. But Show some love. Yeah, but for featured Ram, it doesn't necessarily mean a birthday. It could be anybody. And so, um, you know, we we can we can end with that, but we I like that. We also are pretty much going to start most of these cuz we have to start them this way. With the fact that Bet Online is your number one source for all your <laughs> basketball info, stats, news, and scores, get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Cam, we're bringing back burning question because, quite honestly, I'm tired of not having it. Uh, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the burning question the Rams add uh, Bucks former fifth round pick and Super Bowl champion wide receiver Tyler Johnson to the roster. Um, what on earth could be his role on this team, Cam? Pass catcher, Jake, right? First down maker. Uh, You talk about Tyler Johnson coming from the Buccaneers, and we talked about this before the Rams podcast on this Bleeding Rams show. They have a relationship. I went from the Buccaneers to the Rams twice, back and forth, like a mother mother and father relationship that has got divorced. I go back and forth between these teams. I do think there's a great relationship uh, between Jason Light, Les Snead, Baker Mayfield going from the Rams to the Buccaneers, right? I'm sure the Buccaneers saw his success, right? 48 hours off the plane, winning a football game, you know, went viral throughout the sports industry. Buccaneers took note of that. When it comes to the kicker game, right? When it comes to the kickers, the Buccaneers and the Rams are traded kickers, gay and different players. They they flip-flop and they pass things along. And then with Tyler Johnson, he was at the Texans beforehand this, this past year, but before – He's with Tom Brady, uh, won a Super Bowl, and the year before that um, did really well coming out of Minnesota. So um, Tyler Johnson, the comp I have for him, Jake, we're not really a comp, but I think his position was, hey, Chris Godwin gets hurt. Who else is going to catch that football and be a possession receiver? So I got Tyler Johnson. Um, you know, I watched some of his plays recently, and Jake, he's just he just a, a trusted guy. I think when you see Tom Brady throw him the football – He's someone who's going to catch it. I think Aaron Rodgers mentioned that mentioned this about the Packers receivers, right? A couple of years ago, he's like, "Hey, if y'all aren't catching the football, you won't play." I think a guy with like Tyler Johnson, you can't say that to him because I think he he catches the football, he knows where he's supposed to be, and he's a trusted receiver. So I like him, Jake, as a Rams football catcher. Um, like I said, he's he's been seasoned through with Tom Brady and being at the Buccaneers and win the championship. I think he makes his Rams teams better. What do you think? Well. I think, I mean, this is a guy I really liked in the draft out of Minnesota. Uh, he's, you know, born and raised in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 24 years old. Um, this is somebody, his last two years at Minnesota, 2018 and 2019, playing both 13 games. So this is a guy that stayed healthy, right? Um, had over a thousand yards 
and had 13 and 12 touchdowns in those those years. Look, yeah. Tyler Johnson has the exact size that if you could build any receiver in the NFL, just to build a default baseline of what you would want a receiver to look like. I'm not like one of those size means everything type of guys. I love the short Kings. Let's be honest here. Um, (laughs) But the six, one, 200 pound wide receiver is the perfect size for the position. It is literally chef's kiss. And Mm. that is what Tyler Johnson is. Although he's two Oh six, but that's not a big deal. That's, that's good. Um, So, and Jake, really quick before you move forward on that, that's mm-hmm. the the chef's kiss piece, right? Um, for people who haven't been watching our off the edge show, but we talked about wide receivers, and you talked about the top ten wide receivers, the best wide receivers in the league. They're around that range. So I just want to give people the context, you know, for for your statement on that is most of the great receivers, the digs, you know, other players in the league that are elite are around that range. So I'll pass it back to you, Jake. But I just want to provide some context for people who who don't know kind of what what we've been talking about here. Absolutely. And I think, you know, seeing a guy like, say, Calvin Johnson come in the NFL kind of spoiled us a little bit like, oh, six, five receiver. Like, but in reality, I don't think there is such a thing as being too tall. Um, there's a reason why six foot 10 guys aren't playing wide receiver. You would think, oh, right. you know, theoretically, I want, you know, the center in the NBA to be my wide receiver. Well, you don't because the speed isn't quite there. And keep in mind when you're talking about those routes where you're running a hook route or, yeah. you know, you're trying to, to quickly move and stop on a dime and not a nickel, a dime. And what I mean right. by that is just immediately and in a short area that becomes more difficult the taller you are. So it's great to see a guy like DK Metcalf that can run like a freak at six, three, but for every one of those guys, you find a guy who's six, seven, who needs to move to tight end because he's quite honestly, not agile enough to play wide receiver. So brings us to our point. I like the six, one, 200 pound guy. The reason being Mm -hmm. is we see a lot of, six one but 170 pound i mean we saw it my number one uh wide receiver in this past draft went in the third round jalen hyatt 77 pounds or whatever you know <laughs> you have these like string beans coming in the nfl they're tall but they don't have they're not really filled out and that's fine um because for a guy like you know jalen hyatt you're not going to be using him like debo samuel Right. You, you want him to go run by guys. You don't want him to run through guys. But Tyler right. Johnson can break tackles. Tyler Johnson can hold on to the damn ball. If you throw it over the middle, he gets hit, walloped in between two defenders. He might even break that tackle, might yeah. break that contact. And so, you know, I think the, the common misconception here, especially with Tyler Johnson, um, is that, okay, for his career, Cam, going into this year, he's got 48 catches. 529 yards and two touchdowns since he was drafted in the 2020 draft in the fifth round. And what I would say in a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> Don't a Super Bowl. Yeah. What what I will say is this. I think it's very easy for people to say he's a jag. Um he couldn't make it with the Texans. The Raiders didn't even want him. The Rams spent about 10 days So he was, I I think it was the 15th is when the Raiders got rid of him. Um, So March 15th or May 15th, 2023, the Rams signed him 15 days later, uh, May 30th. So that is interesting because the Rams 
I, see, I'm taking notice about these guys the Rams are adding because there's not many. We'll talk about another one in a sec. But when you go out and you have an offseason like they did and they only brought back guys that they, you know, had previously or they didn't sign anybody, um, it, it definitely strikes an interest. Like, okay, what does this guy have? Like, but also... A Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But 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 also think about this, you know, and I think th- this is also very important. Um, the Rams wide receiver room isn't star studded. It's got Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. We like him a lot. Had a 800 yard season his second year. Really big step in the right direction that he's dealing with injuries almost the entire third season. And now here we are. He hasn't had a thousand yard season. He's never been a wide receiver, too. I mean, there's always been a guy in front of him. Yeah. So now he has to be a wide receiver too. So does he step up? I mean, I think he's going to, but if he doesn't, that's open. Then you have Tutu Atwell, who I'm very excited about. I know you are as well. He moves his, his number to five. So he takes on, you know, those are big shoes to fill Jalen Ramsey right there. But look like Jay, you know, he hasn't really gotten a lot of opportunity, but Tutu at the end of the year looked really good. However, a lot of people in this fan base can't get over the fact that they picked Creed Humphrey and uh, or they picked Tutu Atwell instead of Creed Humphrey. I, you know, and I think Tutu will always have that hang over his head. So then you look at fifth round pick Puka Nakua, who now everyone seems to think this guy is going to be wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver two. Temper mm. your expectations with yeah. rookie wide receivers, yes. especially in the Rams offense, because Van Jefferson didn't even have 300 yards as rookie year. And another thing, temper your expectations with rookie fifth round wide receivers at the end of the fifth round. Okay. These guys are not a guarantee. And so yeah. when I see a guy like Tyler Johnson, and I don't want to forget about <laughs> Ben Skoranek, who I like and can play fullback, can play tight end, can play wide receiver. I don't think McCutcheon makes the roster, if I'm being honest with Uh, you. This was that signal. When they went out mm. and got Tyler Johnson, that told me all I need to know about the receiver room. They Mm. like Van. They like Tutu Atwell. They love Cooper Cup. But we need another guy. And this guy is 24 years old, fifth-round pick. They probably liked him in the draft. Um, I got to tell you, I think he has a chance to be wide receiver four when the season starts. I think who is this, a, Jake? Who, who's wide Tyler receiver Tyler Johnson. Four? Oh, okay. I, I think Tyler Johnson is 100%, no doubt about it, going to make the 53. Um, but I think for the people saying that this is Nakua, this, you know, no, no, no. I think he's ahead of Nakua. I think he's going to be ahead of uh, McCutcheon. And I think really the battle we should be looking at not Atwell, because when we try to say Atwell's battling Ben Skoranek, you have to realize how ridiculous that sounds. Atwell is a 5'9", buck 70 guy. He's not battling Skoranek. They play different roles as wide receivers. He's going to be more of that, you know, the shifty deep threat guy that can work on those quick slants, whereas, you know, Skoranek is going to get his face in the fan. He's going to, you know, work as a blocker. He's going to play that fullback, the pseudo fullback that he's playing. They're not the same. So when I look at, you know, say Tyler Johnson, he's filling his own role. Cup is already filled. Van Jefferson's going to be two. And then Tutu Atwell is going to be three Skoranek slash Skoranek, right? Depending on how they work. I think it's going to be rotation basis. Four to me, true fourth receiver is going to be Tyler Johnson, who in my opinion 
uh, is not, you know, he's not a superstar, but he reminds me of Jason Avant. Mm. Uh, Jason Avant was important uh, for those Eagles teams, and then he went to the Chiefs. But Avant was always known for being that possession receiver. And I think Johnson can be better than just a possession guy, but his role in 2023 for the Rams is possession receiver. This is a guy that's going to be utilized in the quick slant game. Maybe you, you look at him on third down now, instead of forcing it to Cooper cup, forcing it to Tyler Higby, which teams are going to telegraph because, well, they saw your tendencies last year. They're going to look at, um, you know, the Rams are going to be able to shift all their attention or some of their attention to Tyler Johnson. I think he plays more than people are saying, Cam, he's 100% making the roster, no doubt about it. And one last thing before I pass it over to you, can't forget how the Bucks got to the Super Bowl. No disrespect to the Bucks at all, but that pass interference call on Kevin King, our guy Tyler Johnson drew that. Yeah. Yep, Jake, uh, you, you say he's going to be receiver number four. I think if, if Van Jefferson doesn't watch out, Jake, we, we talked about that number two spot. He's never filled it. This is going to be his first year. Tyler Johnson is coming off with a chip on the shoulder. He's Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl in, what was it, 2020. Um, you mentioned the Raiders, the Texans. Like He's been sitting out for a while, Jake. I went and look, looked up his stats. He's been sitting out for a while, so I'm sure he's healthy. I'm sure he's ready to roll, and I'm sure he's – saw this Rams offense is like, Ooh, Allen's gone. L- let me see what I can do. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that Tyler Johnson is going to make that. He's going to compete for that number two receiver role. Jake, I'm just going to say it right now. Um, you know, just from my experience playing football, when people moving and changing, I think, you know, when it comes to those openings, it's not solidified. There's a new offensive coordinator. I think Tyler Johnson makes this, this, uh, this, this roster. And not only that, but jumps up into that second or third receiver uh, receiver role. Um, you mentioned Puka Nakua. Um, he, Mr. Football, right, coming out of Utah, Gatorade Player of the Year. I, I mentioned um, he reminds me a little bit of Cooper Cup, just being smart the way he runs and the way he carries himself on the football field. Big playmaking ability. I think Puka is great for Cooper because I think Cooper's going to say, hey, you remind me of me, young man. Let me take you under my wing, right? Similar how Bobby Woods did to Cooper Cup, right? I remember Cooper Cup came to the Rams. Jake, he was kind of like that, but not really. And I do think, you know, working with Robert Woods, seeing Robert Woods success, Cooper Cup elevated his game. He was able to tap into that untapped potential, you know, uh, triple crown winner, uh, MVP of the Rams, MVP of the league as a receiver. So I, I think that's great. But I do think Puka Nakua can have that potential as well if he develops properly for the Rams. But you can't really expect these rookie wide receivers to step in and make these big plays. They're going to come across some of these, these cornerbacks, Jake. They're going to put their hands in their neck, right, and shove them into the ground. So I think Puka Nakua, definitely make sure that you're catching those punts, right, making sure you're explosive on that punt return game, special teams game. But I do think that going back to Tyler Johnson, I think he's going to make his way into that starting lineup, Jake. Um, Like I said, just watching this film with Tom Brady, he's definitely licking his chops. He's ready to go. Um, You talk about Lance McCushington, right, not being able to make the roster. I, I see what you mean there. I see what you mean. I'm looking at the wide receivers and, you know, uh, Tutu Atwell uh, being being the burner he is. Lance McCutcheon is not that guy. Um, and then let's not forget, Tyler Higby is the other receiving option as well. And so, yeah, it, it's looking slim for Lance, Jake. It's looking slim for Lance. But one thing I will say is, you know, don't sleep on guys like Lance because if he does not make this roster and he goes to – a division rival, Jake, that can be a problem. And you see him show up for the Seattle Seahawks or even for the Cardinals. 
Jake, I'm not going to, or even the 49ers, that's going to piss me off, Jake. If I see Lance McCutcheon, go to the 49ers and find success out there, that's going to really going to piss me off. So I, in saying that, I really do hope that the Rams really evaluate this wide receiver room and make the best decision because we need guys that can catch that football. So, um, but yeah, I, I like the Tyler Johnson move there. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I mean, I think with with McCutcheon, it's going to be all about, at least in my opinion, it's going to be all about special teams. Yeah. I just think last year when this team needed a spark and the receivers yeah. were banged up, everybody was banged up, and this guy couldn't find his way on the uh, on the field. I mean, to me, that's a signal. It was the signal uh, that Jacob Harris wasn't him, and sure enough, mm. he's gone. Now he's with the Jaguars. I think it's a signal that Lance McCutcheon – you know, really great performance in preseason, but that might be all it is, man, because at the end of the day, you know, let's be honest here. Preseason, when you get to the third and fourth quarter, that's USFL, that's AAF, that's, you know, uh, XFL. I mean, Lance McCutcheon, if he doesn't make this team, should really consider going out and getting a job and and getting good tape (laughs) out there with USFL yeah. and XFL. And that's Excellent. not a knock on him. I just think there's a lot of opportunity for these guys yeah. now and, with and, those spring leagues. And I want to add, that's a great, that's a great point, Jacob. What I will add though, is the Rams offense was hideous last year. Liam Cohen. Oh, it was, it was hideous. I mean, Jake, like Cooper cup was getting thrown the ball multiple, multiple times over and over again. I wouldn't say that that led to his injury, but he was receiving the ball so much. So I will say that, no, the bad John Wolford pass led to his injury. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I will say Liam Cohen, I think he called Cooper Cup's number way too much last year. He's not with the Rams anymore, but I think he called Cooper Cup's number a little bit a little bit too much last year. And did he give McCutcheon a, a, a chance, right, when it comes to the football and getting it thrown to him? I'm not sure. Is it a Matthew Stafford thing where it's like, hey, McCutcheon's not catching the ball in practice. So I'm not sure. We don't know. But what I will say is he gets a chance right now. He gets an opportunity. Um, to step up a floor is in there and that might revitalize him Jake a lot of times when it comes to to players if a, a proper coach is there to pour into them and make them grow I think that's that's something to be said so we'll see what what, what happens now Jake but I, I won't ever I won't ever say hey a guy go down to the XFL and play there um, I, I don't I don't want to say that myself because I'm not sure what their insurance and what their opportunities look like at the XFL right but what I will say is he did ball out in preseason. I think people do know that. We know that ourselves. Going back to Tyler Johnson, we've seen him ball out at the Super Bowl, and he's been sitting for a couple of years now. So McCutcheon, he might have an opportunity this year, but this is his year, like you said, make or break. If he doesn't ball out this year in the preseason again, he might find himself on another team. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think that would be the worst opportunity for him either. You know, and I think the, the USFL, XFL thing is more so if – like I know a couple guys that have chosen the USFL slash XFL over playing the NFL. And here's why, because the NFL, you, you kind of get stuck in like a pre-existing pod. Like you're a special teamer. You can't get any better. So then mm-hmm. when I go to the XFL, now I'm putting out tape like, Hey, in case you forgot, I'm yeah. the best damn wide receiver in the XFL. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not just a special teamer and there's nothing against special teams, but I just I hate that like this guy can't be anything more. And I like AJ AJ McCarron, he went to the the Battle Hawks, I believe it was, and balled the heck out, right? Even better. I'll do you one even better. Ready? Taylor 
Heineke, Heineke was a third string quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks. He didn't even get a chance to play in the XFL. And then he ends up being a starter. Sometimes yeah. you just need something. You need a change yeah. of scenery. You need to maybe it, it, it's kind of like how, um, <clears throat> you know, employers, they, they want that that college degree. That, you know, I've talked about off air, but uh, th- that college degree to show you you went for four years. And it's not necessarily about what you went for, but it's to show you, OK, this person held it out. Life is tough, but they went there and, and they fought through it. And, you know, maybe that was the case. Like, okay, Taylor Heineke didn't work out for him. And then he goes to the XFL. He's a third string quarterback. We hear nothing about any negativity and Jordan Tamu that year was awesome. He has never started an NFL game. Mm, He was a starter and Heineke, the third string guy goes back to the NFL. And now he's a starting quarterback. Uh, He'll be a backup probably to, to Ritter this year. But you said it, I I think, I think he'll end up being a starting quarterback eventually though. Jake, that's what I got for Taylor because he won the old dominion Heisman. Right. Um, And like you mentioned, he's been sitting behind people's shadow. And I think for Ritter, Ritter better watch out Jay, because Taylor Heineke, he's that type of guy to come up, sneak up and, and make it happen. Yeah. And I, I got to give a, a shout out to my guy, Kyle Sloter, because, you know, I know he's had opportunities in the NFL. And I think the problem is you have a lot of fans that don't understand the USFL and XFL are opportunities. And yeah. it's not just, oh, shit, I'm outside of the, the NFL now. Like, this is this is my purgatory. That's not true. Like, I know right. people, like I've said, guys like Kyle who have had uh, NFL opportunities, but it's like, do I want to be a third string quarterback in the NFL? Do I want to carry the water? Do I want to be running the scout team? Or do I want to get a chance to really elevate myself, go to the USFL, XFL, be one of the best quarterbacks in that league and stand out and get opportunities yeah. to actually play in games? Because I think a lot of the time that we forget, Ty- this is perfect. This goes back to what we were saying. Tyler Johnson, can the last time he caught a pass was against the Rams uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last time he caught a pass in a regular season, postseason meaningful game. That's what the Rams signed him. They were like, hey, you over here. (laughs) I like this guy. Yeah. yeah. We'll put him on the back burner, get him two years from now, you know? (laughs) There you go. And and that's the thing, too. Going back to your XFL point, Jake, I really like that because even coaches, Coaches as well. You're seeing coaches revive their careers, um, you know, on these XFL teams. And I think that's that has something to say. Son of a bum. Right. You talk about um, some of the Rams coaches. He's he was at in the XFL as well as a head coach. And so you really get to, like you said, revive yourself. It's almost like a G League where it's not like an official NFL G League, but it is like a G League where you get to go down or a farm league and go down and, and hone your skills and be seen. And the, the best part about the XFL, Jake, is. You get to work for The Rock, like right. You get shout out by The Rock, like that's that's pretty damn cool. But yeah, uh, Wade Phillips is saw son of a bum, son of a bum. But Wade Phillips, one of the coaches out, out in the XFL, and yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. Like my, like I said though, my thing though, coming from a former player, I'm not sure what their insurance policy is. I'm not sure what their benefits policy is. So that's that will be my only holdup for people for players that are looking for the XFL. But other than that, like you mentioned, great exposure, great love, and you're playing football at the end. Yeah, I mean that can that can be a little tricky and <laughs> yeah. like 
uh, as I've gotten to know you, you know, you look at things as more just more than just the the tunnel vision way. You're like, I want to know every aspect of this before I make this decision. So <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's absolutely fair. It's it's very good of you because you know we we are a uh, I mean both of our podcasts I would say are player friendly podcasts. I mean we have a player on here. You know I, I mean we we support the players right. Yeah. And so yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I think more so looking at it from just a football perspective. It's like a stock game. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, Sloter went from, he had like 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in the post, in, in the preseason. So I've seen this before and he's gotten absolutely screwed. He's never got an opportunity. There have been guys that haven't been as talented as him uh, who have. They, they've started multiple games. They've done a horrible job at it. And I think there are guys that never get a chance because they're just, oh, they're just that that camp arm that you go. And mm. like the Case Cookis of the world who uh. won the, the, the XFL or, you know, the USFL title last year. And he's just a camp arm. That's how teams look at him. It's like, mm. you know, you want to, you want to break that mold. You know, I'm hoping, uh, you know, Luis Perez in what he did in the, the XFL, yeah. you know, he's somebody that can break that mold because I'm tired of that mold. I mean, I, I always say it young quarterback, uh, you know, ecosystem is broken in this league. Um, the young player ecosystem is broken in this league. It's just not as bad as say the NBA, where if, if you're, if you're drafting the first round, it's like getting drafted in the seventh round, the NFL draft. Uh, mm-hmm. but the point still stands and that going back to Tyler Johnson, like this is kind of it, you know? So, I mean, guys are dangerous when they get desperate and you know, this is somebody age 24, he's still young, but he's already seen the ugliness of this business and how, Hey man, I went from catching passes from the goat in the divisional round of the playoffs, which at one point or another was Tom Brady's last game of his career. Yeah. I went from that to then I can't even make the Texans Raiders. The, the bucks cut me the next year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the ugliness of this business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a beast, bro. And you know, I think seeing Baker Mayfield, I think seeing his journey, I think goes to show. I think that gives hope to any football player or just anybody in life. Like you could be the number one, but you can quickly be number zero, right? You can go from top to bottom and then you can rise back up. So for Johnson, I I really like that for him. Um, I I really think he's going to step into his own. I think Mike LaFleur is really going to support him as well. Um, Like I said, we just, we talk about guys that, you know, when they have, proper coaching, they can make it happen. Um, and then we, we talk about the Rams quarterbacks, Jake. Um, Stetson Bennett, I've been seeing some of the – sorry, just kind of – we're talking about this quarterback train. Um, Stetson Bennett, right? It, I'm seeing some of the plays from him in, in OTAs, and he's looking good. Uh, Brett Ripien, um, him coming from, you know, from the Broncos and just his, his journey, uh, he's looking good as well. And so you just never know what some of these guys, even Stetson Bennett, right? He's the backup quarterback. And he just won a he just won a, na- uh, a national championship twice. So he's probably like, man, I know Matthew Stafford's a good guy, but what about me? Let me start. Am I going to take this over in the future? What is that going to look like? So, yeah, I think just the message overall is never give up because I, week one, Johnson, hey, counted as a touchdown, Jake. I think Johnson going to score a touchdown week one of the Rams uh, Ram season. So Camps Adamus, uh, write it down now. All right. Hey, I'm, I'm here for that. I mean, well, you know, look, I think what's important to realize is that the Rams signed 
Tyler Johnson and Vincent Gray, and neither are considered special team aces. You don't mm-hmm. go out and sign a wide receiver or a cornerback who we're going to get to in a sec here. You don't sign those guys that don't really contribute that much on special teams if you aren't going to use them for what the role is. And to there me, Tyler Johnson is 100% going to be a dog fighting in that wide receiver room. He's had success in the preseason in the past. I think he's going to have another good preseason, and I think he'll end up beating out Lance McCutcheon. He'll get ahead of Puka Nakua on the depth chart. And, yeah. uh, you know, the the signing 15 days after he was cut just tells me that this is somebody that's been on their radar for a little bit. Yep, yep. They, they're watching, Jake. They're watching, and like you mentioned, he played, He might have been there for Brady's last couple games, so that's, that's awesome, and hopefully he can revive his career here. And I do think we talk about the Rams team and they're going to, I think Sean McVay, he's going to have one of his better years this year. And I think that's just going to reflect for everybody. So I think he's catching his wave at the best moment. Jake, he's catching his wave at the best moment. I actually had a chance to go to Hawaii because my partner getting married soon, Jake, and that ocean mother nature is a beast. And, you know, when you look at life, I think life can be very similar, right? There's waves, they go up and down and, I think Tyler, he's been on some of these down waves. He's been on some of these down waves, but I think he's going to catch one of these waves. He's going to surf it. He's going to ball out. So, hey, Rams fans, get excited. Get excited as we are over here. Yeah, I, I really, when I saw that pickup, I was uh, I was out of town. Uh, so that's why no video came out about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, no, I, I actually, my first thought was, that's fascinating. Like, that's actually, yeah. that's a move where I'm like, okay, I don't have to do any research because I already know this guy. This is a guy I liked in the draft. Um, and this is a guy that I think just, and, and keep this in mind, like being with the Bucks. I, I mean, could you, could you make the argument? Maybe Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Justin Watson before he left, yeah. uh, you know, Scotty Miller, then yeah. you have your tight ends, Gronkowski, Ah, in last year, although he wasn't on the Bucks list, but you get my point. Um, yeah. You know, Bray, you know, guys like that just taking away opportunity. I mean, Fournette, his pass catching on the backfield, Rashad White. You yeah. know, I think that there maybe we're just too many cooks in the kitchen, and as a fifth rounder, you don't have that label like play me, play me. Ooh, right, you know, right. But like, if you were a first round talent, then you they probably okay. Well, this year we're going to focus on getting this guy, the rock, yeah. but when you're a yeah, fifth I, rounder, you know? Yeah. And I think Chris Godwin got hurt too around that time. So I think it was perfect for him or even be, regardless of quick Chris Godwin was hurt or not. I think. No, I think Ram- you're right. The, I think you're right. Yeah. For the Buccaneers, he was a great plug and play regardless if Chris was hurt or not. I'm like, Hey, we have someone else that kind of runs route, kind of like routes, kind of like Chris can move a little bit like Chris and not saying he, that he is Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, is a next level receiver. He was leading the league at one point in, in receptions and yards. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, hey, if you have a 2.0 Chris Godwin that that can catch the football for this team, convert, get first downs. You talk about those slant routes, finding success. Johnson is him. So Rams, great job. Allen Robinson left the Rams. We did not win that trade with the with the Steelers. So Rams are like, okay, what, we, what can we do in the off season? And we, we get a guy like Johnson. Great move. I think they're listening to us, Jake, because we need people who can catch the football because Matthew Stafford's going to be ready to go come, come the start of the season. Yeah, I think he's just, you know, he's somebody you get in there, 200 pounds, 6'1", over the middle. You yeah. know, he can make plays after the catch. He's not going to wow you in any way, um, but 
you know, I think he's just going to do the dirty work and I think he makes the team, but moving on to another guy who I don't think is going to wow you in any way, who's going to do the dirty work, make the team and potentially start Vincent gray, the cornerback that they got off of waivers. When the Rams claim you listen, because they claimed Lorel Murchison that worked out. Well, we're really excited about Lorel Murchison and not even a full year with the Rams. And we're talking, yeah. you know, it, it'll be a full year at like what week seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he, he hasn't been there very long. Yeah. He but he out. came in immediately. It was like, yeah, two sacks. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had a sack in my career, but two sacks. Yeah. Aaron's hurt. No, no big deal. Gangs is balling out. Let me go ball out too. That's when Hoyt stepped up that whole defensive line stepped up around that time. Yeah. Like Cam just mentioned, Aaron Donald was hurt. So what is he going to do with Aaron Donald? Mm-hmm. that's exciting. See, that's a guy that excites me. You know who else, who else excited me when they, they claimed him this guy out of this program that was just kind of up in the air, uh, died, came back to life. He stuck with him. UAB I'm talking about Darius Williams. Mm-hmm. Darius Williams was this stud that they found. The Ravens found him, had a great preseason. You have Jimmy Smith, longtime corner coming back off. I think a suspension list. And so they have to make the decision and they cut Darius Williams. But since he's not, he didn't have six accrued seasons in the NFL. He went on waivers and they were trying to sneak him on the practice squad. And the Rams are like, homie, don't play that. I'm taking this guy right now. This is going to be our guy. And sure enough, not long after this guy's a starting corner for your team. He starts in the Super Bowl. We already know the story. So, when the Rams claim somebody, I listen. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody's going to be great. And I've talked about that. Not everybody has been great, but yeah. they have made some, some decent waiver claims. Marky Christian is another guy yeah. uh, who the Cardinals spent a fifth round pick on out of Midwestern mm-hmm. state. And the Rams are like, you know what? We kind of liked him. I think we're going to yeah. take him from you. And then we're going to play him. He's going to be not on our practice squad. No, no, no. He'll be on our 53. He's going to dress for us, even though he hasn't really done anything with us. And he's going to play against you. Yeah. And like he, they, he they played him the next, <laughs> they played yeah. him the next game. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, Marquis was somebody I really liked him. I had a chance to speak with him. A uh, cool guy, safety linebacker, you know, could play linebacker, play safety. Yeah. Vincent gray. Let's talk about it. Since we're kind of going all over the place, Vincent gray, they claimed. This is the yep. second guy from another team that they've added to the roster. Yep. Again, when they claim I listen, this is a guy that he was rumored to give, uh, what's his face? The, the wide receiver for the saints, some fits. Um, I forget his name. The, from, uh, Ohio state, the first rounder, uh, Olave. Yeah. He was giving Olave some crap in camp. Like it was not fun. And, some Saints fans like him. Some some Saints fans don't. When I look at the tape, he doesn't have the greatest long speed, but neither does Darion Kendrick, and he started 11 games last year, I believe. So this guy is six foot two size. He's 192 pounds, great in run support. You know, I'm looking at him. He played a lot of bump and run at Michigan. He was a rookie last year, Cam. He's 23 mm-hmm. years old, so he's younger than Tyler Johnson. I'm looking at Vincent Gray like this guy can end up being, he could carve out a role. Yeah. And I don't know if that says more about him or more about my belief in Darian Kendrick and Robert Rochelle. 
I'll mention this with a caveat. Love Rochelle's long-term upside. But Rochelle went to let's play him his rookie year to let's just have him on special teams when we needed him last year. That mm-hmm. was concerning to me, Cam. So I mm-hmm. don't know. They they do everything for a reason. I think Vincent Gray makes the team, and I think he has a chance to start on the outside yeah. opposite uh, Jacoby Durant. I like that. I like that. And the reason why I say I like it, when I was watching him, I know he's 6'2", 182, um, coming from the Saints. I got to have him as my quiet assassin, Jake. When I watch him, it's not too much flash. It's not too much, like you said, you mentioned that. It's not like a, oh, this is, you know, this is that that guy. He kind of reminds me of a Troy Hill a little bit. Okay, Troy Hill, he, he's going to be where he needs to be, Jake. He's going to make big plays. And actually, I take that back. Troy Hill, he gets exciting, Jake. I take that back. Troy Hill does get exciting. He's a sticky coverage. Troy Hill can come up and make plays. I think you see games where Troy Hill makes about eight tackles, and he shouldn't be, right? The ball should not yeah. be getting that far back. But I do think a guy like Vincent Gray can step in like Troy Hill did, I'm coming on at an undrafted angle and say, hey, I'm going to make this football team. I'm not going to be a contributor uh, on on the, the side of the football. Um, I like him a lot. When you watch his, his tape at Michigan, he's coming up making tackles. I think you mentioned it, but he's coming up and making tackles. He's not afraid to. You'll see him dropping back in coverage, peeling off, and, and finding finding the ball carrier and, and getting them onto the ground. And Troy Hill does that well. And so, like I said, I, I like that comp here. And you talk about Aubrey Pleasant. Aubrey Pleasant loves a guy like Troy Hill, and I can see why he bought a Vincent Gray over because he's like, hey, no one's screaming to the to the mountains about him, but he he's a project. He's he's raw, and I won't even say raw, but I, I can mold him up a little bit better than he is now. So Vincent Gray, I like him for the Rams, and I think we're going to see him. Like you mentioned, he may start, but I think we're going to see him maybe later on in the season, maybe I'll, I'll say halfway through, making one of those splash plays that's like ooh. I'm so glad we picked him up. So I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to call it Vincent Gray's going to have an interception, I think, like halfway game eight, game nine, halfway throughout the season. We're going to see a guy like Vincent Gray step up. So, Yeah. No, I I, I think he's definitely going to make the team, and I think he'll have a role. I think what needs to be said here is that, you know, some might look at this as a little biased. It's Michigan biased. They had, you know, David Long was a pick they liked. I'm going to just trust Aubrey Pleasant. Because Aubrey yeah. Pleasant has a connection to Michigan that a lot of people don't know. Because if you look really quickly, oh, college, Wisconsin, right? But he was a graduate assistant at Michigan. And mm-hmm. he went from graduate assistant to then he was an assistant defensive backs coach. And then went into the NFL and was never seen from again by a college uh, team, <laughs> which is a good thing. That means things worked out. He's but damn good, yeah. <laughs> if you think that he doesn't keep track of michigan if you think he's not keeping an eye on that like yeah. then you're not paying attention he just, clearly he just left michigan he, he just left michigan he just left the, left, the, left the lions right so he wasn't necessarily at the university of michigan but he was in that in that uh, that area i would say right so like you yeah. said he has his eye on michigan um and aubrey pleasant jake i'm not gonna lie i can see him i, I think we bring him a, up a lot on this podcast i really like him I can see him being a head coach, right? In a couple, like I don't say now, but maybe ten or so years, I think he's going to be one of those those um, those Sean McVay's where it's like, oh, I didn't know he was on this roster. I didn't know he was on a roster with this person and that person. I think he's going to emerge to be one of those head coaches that, like, oh, I see, the like D'Amico Ryan, you know, one of those type of guys. I think he was on that track, and then things 
went awry to to say the least and yeah. now he's back and i think he's yeah i i agree i think it it's been something where someone i know went to like the coaches expo and all he was told from Sean McVay is that like you basically keep an eye out for Aubrey Pleasant like he's the next best thing in coaching yeah so Wade, he, Wade Phillips bro Wade Phillips when I played for Wade Phillips we would go into those defense we would go into the full defensive rooms and Aubrey Pleasant would would take over like Aubrey talk about the pass game and he would talk to the defensive linemen Jake about their drops he would say hey take a couple steps forward drop back to this landmark, you'll get an interception, I promise you. Right? Linebackers to defensive backs. And he, the way he broke down the game, the way he simplified it, I loved it. I think Aubrey, we're going to see him rise in the ranks pretty soon here. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was he was let go. He's defensive backs, passing game coordinator, um, you know, with the, uh, with the Lions, right? Yeah. And, you know, then he gets let go, and he becomes an offensive consultant. And, you know, I think when you look at, say, you know, his Rams position now, this is what he was, you know, with the Lions. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. The way I see it is that I think he just needs to get back on that horse. I think he he was in in a groove and kind of needed a little bit of a a reset. And I think going back to where you're comfortable around who you're comfortable with, I think, you know, definitely ends up helping a lot. So I think he's going to be right back on the head coaching radar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand, you know, again, the Lions thing didn't work out that well. But, yeah, I, I think he's going to be back on their and radar. And Raheem, I think Raheem Morris now. So, hey, he, well, can help, he can help Raheem out. That's exactly. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's how I see it. Um you know, I think this year, I think he's going to be really important to, uh, you know, definitely to the secondary. You got a bunch of young guys. He's going to need to help develop them. The, yeah. These are guys that need to be developed. They need to hit on one of these guys. Darian Kendrick, um, you know, Robert Rochelle, Vincent Gray, Tamarcus Davis, the UDFA. Like, they need to hit on one of those guys, uh, you know, at least – THT, yeah. uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson in the slot. Like they're going to have to figure it out because yeah. they're playing a brand of football with the business side of things that is very dangerous. Like yeah. you need to, you need to get shit done or it's, it's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah. And I think the beautiful part about this with Raheem Morris is he's bringing back, back, back Aubrey Pleasant, um, who knows how Aaron Donald operates. We talk about defense. This is Aaron Donald. So, okay, Aaron Donald's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. Aubrey Pleasant, you know, when Aaron Donald's healthy, what does he like to do? And, like, how does that affect your DBs? And I think Aubrey may know that the best, and I think that's going to really help out Raheem Morris. I do wish, Jake, I do think Jalen Ramsey stays with the Rams, and I think Jalen Ramsey even has a better um, experience with the Rams if Aubrey Pleasant is there, Jake. I think, hands down, um, it, it just going to be it would be a better team. So it's nice to see that the Rams have brought him back um, and like I said, he's he's going to be able to compliment Aaron Donald. Um, let Aaron Donald do what he wants, and then DBs. If Aaron Donald goes this way, you go this way, and you get an interception. I think that's going to be one of those things. But it, it's really good to see, and um, I have a good feeling about this about this Rams defense, Jake. I know you you were 
you know, shouting to the moon about Raheem Morris. And I was like, uh, there's been no break. They're not getting any interceptions. I'm not sure about this. And with Aubrey Pleasant, best believe they're going to get some interceptions, some touchdowns, and they're going to be rocking and rolling. Absolutely. And I think we'll we'll wrap it up with these two uh, things. Speaking of Raheem Morris, just want to shout him out. He saved a drowning child's life in Vegas. AED training clearly on full display. Uh, For those of you who don't think it's necessary, well, here you go. It is necessary. And, uh, yeah, just great stuff from Raheem Morris. And, uh, man, I mean, life is so precious. So the fact that he was able to save something or someone's life, it's huge. And so you just you got to give him his props there. Jake, I might have to get some AED training as well. I mean, at this point, right, because the fact that we saw it with DeMar Hamlin, so the league was like, okay, everyone get AED training. You saw videos of players, you know, working on that in the offseason, you know, before I think OTA started. The coach is doing it, and I had to look up AED. Like, what does that mean? Um, it's automated external defibrillator. So I, I think a lot of times you see some of these packages, like, on airplanes in different, pla- different places, they, like, they're always bright yellow or bright orange. But I think that's a message to the Rams crew, right? Like, we're sharing this about Raheem, but we need to be practicing, practicing, practicing this ourselves as well. Um, the AED training not only saved this young kid's life, but – it goes to show that hey, if you're if you're taking the steps to not only get better um, on the field, it's going to help you off the field as well. I and mean, clearly, that training helped him off the field. So that's a that's a really big compliment to him. And I think he's going to take that energy and he's going to save the Rams' life as well because the Rams need some saving, Jake. The Rams need to get back to the Super Bowl and hopefully, like I said, he can take the energy to to the field, to the football field, inject that into his team, and uh, and go win some games. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm very glad that, you know, everything came out. Okay. And just, uh, scary, man. Very scary. Water yeah. scares the shit out of me. It always has. I, I lost my great grandparents due to it. And oh, wow. it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely hits close to home for years. Yeah. I wouldn't even swim because oh. I was so affected by it, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's, I mean, Sorry to hear that. No, absolutely. It's it's one of those things. I don't know if you remember um, WWE superstar Shad Gaspard. He mm. lost his life because of a riptide. You just mm. you never know. Anybody can yeah. drown. It's not, oh, he was an Olympic swimmer. Michael Phelps could drown. You yeah. you you do not realize, like, there, there are circumstances, like, your body could convulse or whatever. And, cramp, like, anything. Walk, cramp, like, that's why it's so important to to be smart about where you are, you know, how you're doing whatever you're doing, especially when you're dealing with water, because this stuff doesn't matter if it was a child. Like it could have been an adult. Like, you know, I, I got pushed off the high dive when I was young. So yeah, there, there was yeah. a lot of traumatic experiences when I you know, with water, obviously. But no, just to just real talk, like it's awesome that Raheem <laughs> saved his life. And it shouldn't just be brushed off like, oh, that's no big deal because it is a big deal because there are adults that can swim and die from drowning. Drowning is a serious thing. We we need to very much be alert, be careful. You know, if there's no lifeguard on duty, maybe consider not swimming that that day. You know, I I mean, for real, you know, it's you you never know. It's better safe than sorry. Right. I mean, what's what's the worst that can happen? Uh, by not going swimming when the lifeguard is not on duty. Now, tell me what the worst thing that can happen when the lifeguard is off duty, right? So right. just, uh, yeah, 
you know, definitely one, wanted to throw it out there. And one of the call out to that, Jake, you know, Shaquille Barrett, um, you know, his daughter passed away from, you know, drowning in the pool as well. So that's awful. Like you mentioned, I think the takeaway from this, Jake, I know I just mentioned being in Hawaii and surfing, you know, recently. I think the takeaway from this is, like you said, when you're around the water, I think even for players, for people who listen to this, when you're around the water, be be conscious, um, you know, with, with Shaquille Barrett. Like, I think when it comes to Tampa and the pools, I know they have gates and I'm not sure if he had a, like a gate up for his daughter. But I think what we're learning in this offseason is a lot of things can happen. Um, so, number one, like be grateful each day. I think that's big. Number one. And then number two, like make sure your folks, make sure your folks are good. Make sure your folks are good. Make sure that you're taking care of each other. Make sure that you're present because you can, you can catch, you can save lives just by uh, just being there and not saying that Shaq wasn't, but you know, I just want to send my condolences to him. Like since we're on this topic, that's, that's hard. That's hard to hear. Right. What, what Raheem Morris went through, he could have had the same circumstances Shaq Shaquille Barrett, but the fact that he had the training kind of getting back to our original point, the fact that he had the training saved that life. So let's be aware. Um, let's also be empathetic to, to what these folks are going through because it's their, it's their livelihoods at stake. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's important to, to, you know, spread some awareness to it. I think it's yeah. good. Um, you know, that was, that's definitely good news that you like to spread. Uh, yes. another thing that's good news is so the, the Rams announced the, the Bill Walsh, uh, diversity fellowship coaches. Um, I won't go through the entire name, you know, plates or all that, but I will say the interesting ones here, the ones that you guys yeah. are going to know, uh, Dante <sighs> Dion, who, Cam, he could still play in the NFL today. I mean, I think you could still play in the NFL today, to be fair. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think, like, because I've seen a lot, like, why is Dante Dion not on the team? Why is he not playing? I wanted to give you an opportunity to explain why Dante Dion would w maybe not want to go back and play after winning a Super Bowl, because it's a lot of work every single year, training camp. I mean, you're not taking the Indomitian Sioux route. You know, if you're Dante Dion, you gotta, you gotta play, you know, you gotta, you gotta be in OTAs. You gotta play in training camp. You're, you're not guaranteed to make any roster. Right. So, I yeah. mean, this guy, especially at five, seven short King, uh, not a guarantee. So a guarantee. from your perspective, like when you hear how, how could Dante Dion leave the game after winning a Super Bowl? W like what goes through your mind as somebody that, you know, you left the game a little early, but you got your, your time in there and you spent a lot of, you did a lot of work. Yep. Yep. I think the beautiful part about it is you mentioned why did he leave the game? I think he's even making the game better with this move, right? Because he's staying close to it by coaching. He's making it better and he's already won his championship. So once you win that chip, you're five, seven, I think when you're five seven, you're that size going to the league, Jake. You're always thinking about that plan B, that second option. For me, I was six feet tall, so I was like, okay, I gotta have a parallel career path here. I gotta start doing broadcasting. I gotta start building up my career because I'm six feet tall in the NFL. Who knows how long I will last for? With his case, he won a Super Bowl. He's five seven. He reached his ultimate goal since he was two. So it's like, all right, I reached my ultimate goal. Now what? Now what does life look like? Okay. Well, let me go serve the game and make a game even better from where I found it. Let me go make sure that the other five, seven guy can get the tools that I have to go win a Super Bowl. So I think not only is him leaving the game smart at this time, but he's even making the game even better. So I think it's a double, you know, tap, uh, hat tip right to him. It's like, hey, man, you got what you needed. 
Um, you knew when to say, you know, when to stop. Some folks don't. You think about Tom Brady. Could he have stopped a little bit earlier, Jake? I, to be honest, I think he probably should have stopped a little bit earlier. So, you know, I, I think that's it takes more courage to stop playing football and, and to do something else um, because it's – people explain this, Jake. When you change jobs, um, when I think there's these big moments in your life happen. People say for football, when you stop playing football, it's almost like a death in the family or a death in your life because it was a part of your identity. So the fact that he won a Super Bowl, he, he stopped playing football, so there was that death you know, that death experience and then able to revive himself and, and support the game. Some guys, when they leave the game, they leave, they want nothing to do with football. So, like I said, you'll see a guy like him being in a front office of the NFL at some point, being a GM of a football team because he's won a championship. He knows what it takes, and he's also pouring back into the game. So I, I love that move by him. Yeah, no, I, I like it as well. And I think this is something for a while that we kind of thought would be, you know, a possibility um, he's going to coach the cornerbacks and, you know, you we, we saw this, you know, KJ black last year. Um, you know, he was one of the, the, uh, uh, he had the fellowship, uh, program as well. He's still on the, you know, on the roster. And, um, you know, I think Dante Dion, what I'm really excited about and where I think this becomes more than just cool news, where this becomes potentially decently big news is that guess who he's going to be coaching cam a guy that some people kind of think reminds them a little bit of him and mm. that's travius hodges oh. tomlinson uh-huh. so yeah. you know getting a chance to to get under the hood you know talk and and you know coach up a, a five eight five seven you know type of corner i think that's pretty cool I think yeah, that's kobe kobe durant right like he has he has someone to coach him up as well someone who's yeah. this, you know like it's only going to benefit the Rams. This is you got a Super Bowl caliber winner uh, to help, you know, your defensive backs, Aaron Donald's back. So he probably knows how Aaron Donald plays and what he wants. So it's just Aubrey and Pleasant has someone. Yeah, th this cooking. dude was loved in the locker. Room. He's loved by fans, but he was loved by players. So you get yeah. that guy back in the, the organization and I, I think it's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. Another guy I'll throw out there is uh, your buddy. Mr. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Legend, Darren Bates. Yeah. He's got himself. He's got himself a podcast. We'll say that. I've, I've been seeing. I, yeah, I've, I've been watching that, man. They, I actually helped him start that, Jake. I actually helped him start that podcast. Oh, yeah. really? That's originally, awesome. It was originally part of the the uh, the the starting group of the, the CEO group. And then I kind of once I saw, you know, like, hey, I got started. Y'all doing y'all's thing. You know, I kind of passed on my ownership and, and made moves there. But. Yeah, that's really cool. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. The raw room, though. Check it out. Yeah, like Jalen Collins is on it. Um, I, I know there there's some other guys that that rotate in. Some but comedians, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because like like Darren talks about some like out there type of stuff, and it's just it I, it makes me laugh. So I've yeah, yeah. I like I don't have a chance to really watch a ton of podcasts because you know we're recording all the time and doing research and you know, making videos, making other content. But when I get a chance to look down and, and, and watch something and truly appreciate it, I remember it. And I, I appreciated watching, you know, Darren yeah. Bates. He, he's, he's a himself. funny dude. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, I don't, I don't want Darren Bates through the lens of, you know, wearing a suit and sounding like he's a robot. You know, I right. want Darren Bates sounding like Darren Bates. Right. So right. he's right. going to be a special teams coach. He's going to work with, 
uh, you know, the uh, Chase Blackburns of the world. He's going to work yeah. with uh, Springer as well. Um, so that'll be that'll be a fun unit. I think it's going to be great to have him with the Rams. Kind of weird, too, because I don't think he ever, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he ever played with the L.A. Rams. I think he was just in St. Louis, and then he yeah. went to the Titans afterwards uh, after yeah. 2015. But yeah, he's another fan did. favorite. Yeah, DB. I mean, hey, Mr. Jumping Online of Scrimmage, right? He has it on his Twitter. I actually sent him a text um, before this podcast. Uh, you sent me, like, you know, the uh, the coach coaching fellows, and I sent him a text like, hey, let's go, you know, and sent him a message. But Darren Bates, he was a mentor for me when I played football. Um, you talk about special teams, having an edge, having swag, um, and playing with reckless aban- abandonment. Um, he is that. I think John Fossil – we call him Coach Bones. He's now the Cowboys. He's someone that coaches both up. So I'm sure Darren's going to be calling Coach Bones like, hey, what's that stunt? Y'all Hollis running on kickoff again, you know, and doing different things like that. But I do think you're going to see a different Rams team. You're going to be seeing people fighting on the football field, which you want to see, right? And within, within the line of scrimmage, though, within the whistle, you're going to see um, more physicality. You're going to see people getting knocked on the ground as in the other team. Because, you know, for example, Jake, like we play special teams with base, like – we were told if we get points, if we knock people down on the ground. And so we made it a, we made it a point in our locker room, right? Like knock people on the floor, get bodies on the ground. And so you're going to see a lot of, a lot more of that. And of course, you know, in the realm of the game, but you're going to see a chippier team. You're going to see a special team. You're going to see a team that's dancing probably on kickoff. Um, you're going to see a lot of cool stuff because they're going to take on what, what Darren brings to the game. Yeah, no, that I'm I'm actually really excited about that. And we should try to get him on. Um yeah. that, that would be really cool, like to get his thoughts and the whole fellowship thing. Cause that's that's gonna be great for him. And he also has the podcast. So I mean the dude's living <laughs> life right now. Um yeah. and then Corey Legit, I wanted to to mention because you know, he's somebody that like I think, you know, some of the other guys, uh Chucky e. Keaton, uh Vontrell King Williams and Kyle Washington. Kyle Washington sound familiar, but I don't think he's the Kyle Washington I'm thinking of. I don't think he's the one that took a football to the knee. The uh, I think so. That's I don't think that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but that because I mean, do you remember the whole like? You remember the game Skyrim? Yeah. So I get sick. I get sick off of that game, by the way, because of the all the all the movement and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, visually, I get sick. Yeah, yeah. That was the greatest game of all time, in my opinion. But <laughs> uh, but there was a there was a thing like you know uh, I forget what it was. Oh, I used to be an adventurer like like you, but you know then I took an arrow to the knee, and it was like this big meme, and it went all over uh, the internet and all that. And so I think it was Kyle Washington, if I'm not mistaken. It was a different name, mm. Kyle something then. Um, the 49ers were going the Super Bowl, but then they took an arrow to uh, they took a football to the knee, and it was uh, it was a it was a muffed punt that hit his knee, and so the Giants advanced to the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, brutal, brutal. Yeah, so I I don't know if it was that Kyle Washington. That was a while ago. Um, that was the second time I think they played the Patriots. Um, yeah, but I, the, I think this Kyle I think this Kyle might have played. No, he's got to be younger. He's got to be younger. Yeah, because yeah, I don't this, feel like the fellowship program makes sense for. Like if he played in 2012 or whatever, or what? When did they? Yeah, I think. I I think yeah, I think for the Bill Walsh Walsh piece, I think you have to have stopped playing within the, a certain amount of years. I think that is for that because um, I've been in the. So this Bill Walsh program is put on by the NFL, 
and they basically is the NFL Legends program. And I, I actually worked in that program through player marketing, but they provide different programs for players that are transitioning. So I think you have to be finished playing between, I think, one and five years. So um, I, I do believe some of these. Kyle Williams, got it. Okay. okay. Different yeah. guy. Okay. I think this Kyle Washington played a quarterback at Angelo State. Um, oh, so, so he already was for a Ram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I know he's coaching the wide receivers. So quarterback wide receivers, it's a good, a, a good matchup there. But um, yeah, Jake, I think this is, this program is going to be great for these guys to transition. I know Darren Bates is doing his podcast and I'm sure he's going to quickly find out is when it comes to media, they don't pay unless you make it to the big dog, the big stage, right? Uh, you know, right away. Um, not everybody can be a Nate Burleson right away, but um, this is going to be good for him to transition. And I think it's going to show that, um, that, hey, there's different routes to the game than just playing football, right? You can be a coach, you can podcast, you can do different things. So I, I love this for him and this group. Yeah. And then uh, Corey Legit, who's a former first round pick in the 2011 NFL draft. Um, he played a bunch of years. He played eight years with the Chargers, played a year in Buffalo, a year with Houston, a year with Oakland, um, who no longer exist. That's really weird to say. Uh, but he last played age 30, uh, 2020 with Houston. Mm-hmm. So he's go. been, yeah, he's been out of the game for a little bit, but, you know, he had 26 sacks in his career, had almost 300 tackles. He started 104 games in the NFL. Happy for him. That, this, he knows a little something. Yeah, you know, that, that that's, I mean, that's cool stuff, you know, but I, I like it. I think it's really cool, and I think, you know, I think with players, and I'm not trying to, like, gatekeep from people that haven't played the game, right? But yeah. I think it's cool to have, like, certain guys you just know should be coaches, yeah. and I think it's cool to give former players that opportunity. Just because yep. they already gave so much to the game, it's like giving it back, you know? There you go. There I feel go. like, you know... And again, like I said, I'm not trying to gatekeep anybody that didn't play in the NFL, like from coaching, because I mean, there are some coaches that didn't play in the NFL, but you know, I think it's, it's definitely fair for what like you as a player, what you've put out, you know, I think it's fair to have that opportunity if you want. Yeah. Yeah. To build the game. Um, I think that's important. I mean, Singletary was a coach for us, right? When I was at the Rams, he came in and coached for us, a legendary linebacker that played for the Bears, right? And so to see somebody like that, that we looked up to, that our parents looked up to, come back and coach us, I'm sure these young guys in the Rams have seen Darren Bates' tape and like, oh, that's the guy that jumped the line of scrimmage and blocked those kicks, and now they had to put a rule against it, right? And so having someone coach you like that, that's going to give you that much more energy, and that's going to give the Rams that much more pop. So, yeah, man, it's it's a good it's a good deal. So Cam, I think that's going to wrap it up. We had a lot planned, but we, I mean, we covered so much and we just kept talking and there's just so much to, you know, you're thinking, Oh, it's just, you know, Tyler Johnson and it's just Vincent gray. And then you're like, well, it's the, the conversations that go along with it. And I think they Mm -hmm. were very productive. So we'll, uh, we'll push the other stuff we had planned for the show uh, to another day. We'll wrap it up with this brand new segment, the featured Ram of the day. And that is going to be defensive lineman for the LA Rams, Reggie Doss. Now I actually believe it or not. So, so Reggie Doss, um, you know, seventh round pick 189th overall, 1978 draft by the Los Angeles Rams played his whole career with the Los Angeles Rams 
And of course, he won an NFC title. They played in the Super Bowl his second year against, uh, I think his third year, against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And everyone knows they unfortunately lost that game. But I met Reggie at Leroy Irvin's 60th birthday party. And I actually tried on the Rams NFC title ring. He let me try it on. Nice. Leroy. Yeah, Leroy is awesome. We definitely got to get him on. He is He's been on my sh- like one of my shows like four times. Like oh, I've wow. met him. He invited me to his party. I'm I'm barely ever in LA, and he's like, "Hey, are you around to to come to my 60th birthday?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." So I was there with my <laughs> father and uh, a bunch of the guys from the uh, you know 1979 FC title team, and you know it was it was really cool. And Cephas Witherspoon cool. was there, uh, who actually you know he played a little bit for the Saints. And the Saints owner, and you're going to like this. They, let's just say they don't deserve anything less than an A for the way they treat their players after winning a Super Bowl. Because when mm. they won the Super Bowl, they gave a Super Bowl ring to every single New Orleans Saints player ever in their history. So, wow. I tried it on. Like, Weathersp- he gave it to me. Stevens Weatherspoon gave it to me. And I tried on the, the Saints Super Bowl ring. And I just think that's just so cool. It's something that I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, and I won't forget his name either because, you know, he was fun to talk to and, you know, but anyway, the whole point, you know, giving love to Reggie Doss, I mean, the, guy, <laughs> the guy started 89 games. He played 149 games uh, for the LA Rams rocking big 71. Uh, he had eight fumble uh, recoveries and, uh, you know, this is somebody with 31 sacks. He was important to their, their defensive line, man. You know, he was yeah. important to that team. Uh, very well liked by, you know, his teammates, very well liked by uh, the fans. And, um, you know, big, big ups to, to Reggie Doss. Yeah, Leroy, shout out, highlight Leroy. Uh, you know, big thanks to making everybody's life better. And I think that goes to show is you never know who you're impacting. So treat everybody properly. And then Mr. Doss, um, Happy birthday from Mobile, Alabama. And uh, it's not his birthday. I was just shouting him out. But oh, sorry. I I think we're doing the off the edge stuff. (laughs) We do the birthday segment. I thought it was his birthday. Yeah, no, no, no. Just like a a feature uh, for the Ram stuff, because I don't know if like, would we have a Ram birthday every single time we do it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we would, because if we want to give a shout, we, we already did on off the edge. Happy birthday to Lawrence McCutcheon. There you go. McCutcheon. So, so yeah, but, but yeah, Reggie Doss, Reginald Lee Doss is our, uh, highlighted Ram of the day. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow cam at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. Follow me at JK Bogan on Twitter. You can, uh, follow the uh off the edge show if you would like i don't know why i'm just going along with it hey we talk about believing rams off the edge all the time so it's true all good at off the edge on uh twitter um you can also subscribe to our off the edge channel if you want to check out all of that nfl content it will also be posted on this channel uh if you're watching on my channel and uh yeah that's gonna do it special thanks to betonline.ag and we'll see you guys soon later folks Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.